survive and what will be left of them it's scaring is sharing the place where we share our scares with each other and you uh, our listeners yes and our friends even if we've never met you you're our friends yes and it's me your dead skin mask wearing host jeremy the sasquatch slim the original sasquatch slim rusk and it's me the flaming scream queen plenty <laughs> <laughs> I did not mean to do it. You did it. One time Jeremy called me Blandy, if you're just listening in, and I just literally said it. Brandy Joe Planback. <laughs> I'm I don't wear skin, but I do <laughs> like to eat food, although mostly just now I eat tofu and yogurt. That's all I've been eating for a solid week now. <laughs> not not human flesh. Nope. But I mean, okay. Well, we'll get to it. Never mind. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything right now we're gonna get to it i got something to say about that now so because we picked our movies before we met today because of the way our schedules are which is not what we typically do but we sort of had a plan for how it would all go down and here we are so jeremy how was your week uh it's been good it's been it's been good um i mean every fucking horror feed i'm on is just flooded with the new texas chainsaw shit and i'm over it i, I want to talk about other stuff now but you know. <laughs> well i've been reading some of it mostly in my lgbtq horror nerds facebook chat but lots of my friends have been asking me what my thoughts are and i'm like you just have to wait till the podcast comes out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I gave a uh, you know I gave a small dissertation to uh, Nick the Knife and my friends in person who I saw over the weekend after watching it. So uh, you know I'll try and uh, muster that energy again sure. <laughs> right now for the recording. So well, I've been in tech all week for the next show we're opening at the good old Ringwald. So aside from these movies, I've just been at the theater doing lighting design it has owned my life Mm. but it's fine so i have nothing to report other than that should we dive in we have a couple of terrorgrams should we dive into those uh yeah let's do it all right i'll kick us off i we have one from good old fop ethan yeah who is reporting back the subject line is quite simply scream and if you are joining us for the first time (laughs) Hello. And second of all, Ethan uh, wrote in uh, uh, last week and said he was going to see Scream by himself. His wife didn't want to see it. His new wife. They're newlyweds. They're very cute. Um, Mm -hmm. She didn't want to see it. So he went by himself and he is reporting back as we requested. So thank you, Ethan. And he says, okay, I kind of talked about Jeremy a little bit about this the other day, but overall I did like Scream, although there were some weird things that seemed like a stretch for me to take at face value. So first the good. I liked most of the new cast and it was cool seeing the OGs or at least references to them. Also, the kills were brutal, like almost everyone gets stabbed in the neck. It's slow, painful, and very bloody. I'd say my order, and this is in regards to his preference of the films, would be one, five, two, four, three, which is exactly my order, Ethan. Yes, Mm. yes, yes. Thank you. 
Now the stuff I didn't like so much, he continues. I did not like the lead at all. She just seemed like one, oh no, I don't know this word. Demoninsel. What? Oh, dimensional. <laughs> I just put it together what it's supposed to say. It says demoninsel, and I could not figure out. I'm like, I don't know. She Typo. just seemed one dimensional. <laughs> like her face never seemed to express much. Also, the de-aged Billy shit was so weird. Like, I get what they were going for, but like, by the end is Billy Obi-Wan to Sam's Luke? Like, I feel like they try to make Billy a good guy for pushing Sam to survive, but like, he's bad, right? Lastly, we know the younger sister knows about the OG house, and so does Mindy, so how in the fuck do they not realize slash bring up, bring up their friend living there? With that, why would Randy's sister let her kids ever set foot there? Like, there are so many red flags. Maybe I'm looking too hard, but like, I don't know. Just seemed like a stretch. Again, I liked the movie, but it just seemed to ask a lot from the viewer to ignore, at least to me. Thank you, Ethan. And yes, I concur with, I, I like the lead actress, personally. I don't get the Star Wars references, but I imagine, I can imagine what you're talking about. But like, is making Billy kind of the good guy kind of like Don't Breathe too, and making the rapist a good guy? <laughs> that is uh, uh, literally what we were talking about uh, when I saw Ethan in person and we discussed it, you know, real quickly. Uh, and, I, and I brought up Don't Breathe too, where I'm like, it's did literally you? them. Yeah, I did. Because I was like, it's literally like, or maybe that was another conversation. I don't know. I've talked about Don't Breathe too recently saying, you know, one of its biggest problems is the fact that like, yeah, this guy is a full blown rapist. Now he's your hero. And it's like screams kind of like, let's not forget Billy is incredibly heinous. Uh, and then they turned him into like, I'm your ghost uh, helper. Good guy now. And it's like, this is weird. And I guess where I can forgive that is it's it's her mind. He's not truly. I mean, I don't believe him to be a ghost. It's like yeah, in her, her mind head. and all of that. So like it, I forgive it for the fact that it's her conscience or whatever. It's not truly him. Whereas don't breathe too is straight up. This guy, there was yeah. a new everything wrong with that came out this past week. That was don't breathe too. And it mm -hmm. was very amusing as I find all of them to be, but he continually went back to like, so wait, we're just supposed to forgive this guy for all the shit he did. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why that movie is so horrible. Well, one of the many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> But the thing about the house, I totally agree. So, like, it would have been one thing if we didn't know as the viewer what the house was. And then as, like, um, Sydney and, like, the, the, the car driving that is following her is like, oh, my God, do you know where they are? And then we flash back to the house and everyone's like, we're hanging out at Randy's old house. Like, as opposed to it being, like, no one knows. Mm -hmm. Like just sort of that red herring of us. And I don't know. That's not the misdirection of us not knowing until a certain point. And I think that that would have been an easy enough fix because there, there is no way given like that. It's a small town and all that, that people wouldn't know exactly what that house was. Yeah. I mean, it does, uh, you know, as we're talking about it, it felt like that movie was a little bit, and I imagine this happens in the development of big franchise movies like this where you probably had multiple writers and story people throwing stuff in and as it got honed and crafted they were kind of selective about like this is the shit everybody knows about this world and then this is shit that seems a little sloppy like they 
like if everybody knows this then they should know that was randy's house and stuff like that and it seems like certain things probably just fell to the wayside as you're going into development and trying to craft a story it happens but my friend tony recently watched it he's one of my like true true horror kinship brother sisters like we are connected and but we don't always share the same opinions on things and he did not like it's like his second least favorite of the franchise or something and he really didn't like that it almost mirrored the first one but i think that was by design and i didn't find it to be lazy or like annoying i just found it like like how they said it's a requel like it's sort of it sort of is that's the whole point <laughs> yeah and i'm finding too because some of these things uh what we're going to talk about soon enough some of these things are divisive in ways that i'm not sure some of these new movies and these big franchises uh i'm also thinking of like halloween kills for example uh the responses are so wildly varied by the fan community yes. that i think it's it's speaking more to your own like personal feelings and prejudices about like the modern world around us right now and what's going on with culture and stuff like that, that whether it really annoys you says something more about how you feel uh, uh, about, you know, our time and place uh, to 100%. some degree. So. Yeah. Totally agree with that. So you have a message now. Yeah. Did you want to say anything else to Ethan? Ethan, thank you for writing in. Oh yeah. Thanks for writing in Ethan. I'll see you at D and D soon enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am going to read from another elite FOP, uh, and my brother, in fact, Bert, Bert. uh, and it is called or the subject line is the strange and the macabre, which is, you know, cool little grab there from the opening narration of the original Texas chainsaw. And it goes 1974. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is released, a film that shocked the nation and changed the very course of horror movies in America. It also served as the prototype for two types of horror films, Road Trip from Hell and The Slasher. Like any other successful horror film, it has spawned endless sequels that carry on to this day. Unlike the Halloween or Friday the 13th franchises, Franchi? I wonder what the plural is, is just franchises, <laughs> uh, franchise, uh, Texas chainsaw has more bad entries than good. Even Jay would have to agree with me on this. And in fact, I do of the big name slasher series Texas chainsaw <laughs> has some of the worst misses. I don't even know if you call them that the most baffling choices in like what they did with some of these movies, uh, at, even compared to, you know, Halloween. And I think the only series comparable is Hellraiser with number of just totally uh -huh. mindfuck. Like, why the hell did they do that? Uh, so here we go, which brings me to my main topic. My brother writes, Bert's review of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Uh, and he says, there are a lot of things that I liked about what they did in the film, but there were some things that I didn't like, like the whole school shooting, but spoilers, people, uh, ahead of time before we get into the very movie, you know, we're going to talk about, but uh, like the whole school shooting plot line, what was up with that? Anyway, what I liked about it was that it didn't bore with details or exposition. It knows why we are here to see a murder hillbilly kill a bunch of yuppies with a chainsaw. What I didn't like was how most of the characters were two dimensional. Uh, I didn't care about any of them except for Richter liked him. Uh, he felt like a character Jay would have created. Uh, and yeah, I do tend to have this weird soft spot for gruff redneck characters. Yeah. And stuff. 
I don't know what's up with that. I do like how they brought Sally in, building her up like she's Lori Strode. Uh, only we know how that ends. Uh, I thought that was a great fake out. My biggest problem with the film is that they excluded uh, one of the core fundamental values of Leatherface, his family. Leatherface is not Jason or Michael. He is not a lone wolf killer. He is a member of an entire family of crazed killers. He is the muscle or the enforcer. Not having the family kind of cheapens the character. It also takes away from his motivation. Everything he does is for and to, to protect his family. In closing, I say this. This is a solid entry, better than most films, but not perfect. Personally, I liked it. Uh, and he says, I had fun watching and was not disappointed. So here we go. Yeah. So do you have more to talk about or can we just dive into this now that Bert's sort of set us off? No, I had like one other thing, but like, let's dive in. Right, it, what we... I'm going to talk about relates to this movie. So. Okay. So let's, let's just talk about it. Well, first yeah. of all, I want to say if people want to write to us, scaring and sharing at gmail.com, please. And thank you. We love hearing from you. And that's all. So let's talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Okay. I'm going to do the letterboxed. Great. Thank off the you. top. Uh, and I, I do love the tagline. The face of madness returns. Uh, <laughs> and the description is after nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. That's literally it. I mean, yeah, that's, that's about as long much as it. the movie. So let's let's do it. Let's get into it. I love how short it is. Like it is about 75 minutes. Beautiful. Credits. Cut the credits out. It's like barely over 70 minutes. Wonderful. Now, did you watch the credits? Cause there was a post credit scene. I did watch everything. Okay. I actually watched it twice. <laughs> so you are so gay for Leatherface. I am. I had to watch it a second. So time. I have to say the reason we picked this movie with the platform is for a reason that ended up not applying here. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to talk about. Which is cannibalism. There's no cannibalism <laughs> in this Texas Chainsaw flick, which this is not the first time they've done that to us. Like, really? Several of them feature like, well, yeah, at least one. At least one features no explicit like reference to cannibalism. I feel like another okay. one does too. So it's not the first time that's happened. But yeah, I mean, there's like the allusion to like, you know, barbecue at one yeah. point. There's like a barbecue happening. And the fact that he, you know, skit, you know, just chops people to fucking pieces. For sure. Total But it would be nice if he like licked his fingers or something. Just something some like that. Nod. Just something. Yeah, exactly. Nod. Exactly. Now, I have to say, I, of course, everyone has very, very different opinions on this. But I love Elsie Fisher and I love Sarah Yarkin, who are the sisters, Melody and mm -hmm. Lila. I love them both. I would have never picked out that that's Elsie Fisher. Like when it started and I saw like her name or what I like all came back to me that she was in this because she doesn't look anything like she does on uh, Castle Rock. And oh, my God, eighth grade. If you've not seen eighth grade, if you love a coming of age film, you got to watch it. It's Bo Burnham's. I don't know if it was his directorial debut, but he did it. Oh, okay. And it's so fucking beautiful. And she is so real and honest and raw and amazing. We saw Licorice Pizza last week and I fucking hated it. So, and I, I love a coming of age tale. I just have to say. So mm -hmm. I just had a breakaway talk about Elsie Fisher and also my disdain for Licorice Pizza, which I thought was totally bad. Not good film at all. But I like Sarah Yarkin. Do you remember her from. Happy Death Day to you. I think we saw that at the theater together, didn't we? On my birthday, like three years ago. Didn't you know. and Sarah come and meet me at the theater and watch that? Or maybe it was Did just... You? 
Maybe just Sarah did. I thought maybe you did, just, though. Maybe just Sarah did. I don't think I saw that in theaters, so maybe okay. it was just Sarah. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't remember she's, from it. I have seen the movie, but I don't remember her in it. She's so. so fun to watch. I love her look. I love her short, curly hair. I just think she has a really great look. I love her. I love her. Sure, yeah. They were good. I mean, across the board, I think every actor in this was good. Uh, the script, cheesy dialogue, wonky, cluttered, oh, yeah. clunky dialogue. But it's, again, this is fucking a Texas Chainsaw movie. This isn't Shakespeare, people. Like, what do you want them to be spouting out? But, you know. Yeah. So, overall, I thought it was, like, not a great film, but I did have a good time watching it. And the fact that it was short was great. Thank you. Because my thought, too, is, like, this is a very dumb movie. Um, but the fact that some people on the internet are so pissed about it is making me want to love it more. Like their <laughs> anger is making me like want to be like, this movie's fucking incredible. Shut up. But you know, it, it's, it's not a great movie, but it was fun. Like I had fucking fun watching this thing. Like seriously. my main criticism, I think aligns with a lot of people's, which is the whole Sally thing is fucking stupid. I wish it wasn't there. They are trying to cash in too much on Halloween 2018. Yeah. And she just, she shows up and then she doesn't do anything. Like, I, she says, say my name. Like, I wanted Destiny's Child to, like, fucking, like, start playing. Like, it was so cheesy. That whole storyline, I really didn't like. And that she had to keep looking at that picture. We had to yeah. keep hearing, like, noises of them laughing. Like, I'm like, I get it. Yeah, it feels like it was tech. Like, I read somewhere someone said this must have been a late addition in the development process, that storyline, because it feels so tacked on, like you can remove it and it doesn't affect the movie very much. Like, and I'm not against the idea. Like I've seen some people online that are just like, you cannot bring back a legacy character and kill them. And I'm like, excuse me, are there fucking rules to this? Like it's a yeah. make believe person. They can do whatever they want. Um, you know what I mean? Like, come on guys, get over yourselves. It's just how rushed it was. Like, I'm fine with the fake out. Like, it's fine. He killed her. Like, I thought it was kind of a fun twist. And let me speak my piece on this, which is, they again, not even just the movie trying to cash on in the Laurie Strode thing. Like, fans seem to be trying to turn Sally Hardesty's, the character, into a Laurie Strode for Texas Chainsaw, which in a way she is not. Uh, and this, this is my thought on it, which is Laurie Strode, at this point is just as important to the Halloween mythos as Michael Myers is like, she's baked into oh, it yeah. as the, as the nemesis. Sally Hardesty as a character appears only in the original movie. And, um, and, well, and now this next generation. Did she, she like gets strolled, like rolled by her. Oh, by okay. Yeah. Like, like a cameo, not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not like, and I like, just uh, watched Next Generation, but that's how fucking bad it was. Doesn't that happen? Was... And that, like, she's in the yeah. hospital, and the yeah. woman goes by in like the the gurney or something. And I think it's really her, isn't it? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's in there. I just fucking watched that movie, but I tuned out so much because that one is the <laughs> is actual bad. worst yes. Texas Chainsaw yeah. movie. Um, but uh, she only appears really as a character in that original movie, and now this. But but like, she's not important to the mythos. Uh, like yeah. Texas Chainsaw is a series that's not built on the victims being important. They're just meat to the cannibal family. Uh, thank you, Nick the Knife uh, gave me that phrase uh, when we Nick. were talking about this movie. Uh, he was like, yeah, they're just meat. She's just a survivor that got away. 
the point, like the only thing, what makes the Texas Chainsaw movie is Leatherface killing people. Now you have a Texas Chainsaw movie. Like that's really what it is. So people complaining about the legacy and it means this and that. It's like these movies are so wildly different from each other. This entire, like Halloween at least will often hit the same notes over and over. Michael, you know, Laurie Strode's off and, you know, there's a certain thing going on, but the Texas Chainsaws are all over the place. I, I would argue there is not a legacy. There's not a consistent mythos here. So it doesn't really matter other than Leatherface. It is filmed gorgeously. I feel yeah, like it, it looks, looks great. great. It's glossy. Thanks for listening to my diatribe, by the way. Oh, of course. <laughs> I love how glossy it is. I think the gore is fucking fantastic. A Texas Chainsaw movie. With a chainsaw massacre. What an idea. <laughs> like that's one. great. Yeah, the first one to really just go hog wild with a chainsaw massacre. Love it. Yeah. And I didn't see the trailer, but friend of the podcast, Nico, sort of told me about the being canceled bit, which I was not crazy about, but whatever. But like I I other people talked about like, oh, there's a bus massacre. There's a ma like so I knew that going into it. It would have been really yeah. fun not knowing and being like, oh fuck. Yeah. It definitely is, I mean, a hundred percent like this whole commentary on Gen, what are we in? Z? Z. So that was my thought too. I was like, these screenwriters are these filmmakers. I could tell how like you can kind of place the gen reading the professional reviews from like horror movie blogs and stuff, uh, and figuring out how triggered they were by the movie is like, oh, you probably are a one of these youngsters that feels personally attacked by this movie. Cause I feel like the filmmakers straight up just hate Gen Z. Like they're really laying it on thick that like this generation sucks. Here's Leatherface to kill you guys. Um, like it kind of felt like a personal bias <laughs> coming through on the part of the filmmakers. I did not like that. Whose face he wore like that felt weird to me that she dies yeah. and he cuts her. Like I would have rather him cut off that blonde girl's face. Yeah, because he stops too for a minute. There's that weird moment uh, where she's dead now and he like starts stroking her hair. Uh, that like little character moment. But I'm like, oh, that's Leatherface considering arts and crafts. He's probably like, ooh, this would be great for sewing or making a wig or something like that. Yeah, later. And I, her kill was the least, like he stabs her in the stomach. And I'm yeah. like, why not like pull out her intestines or like carve off her face while she's still alive? Like, I, I can understand that it's so he's Leatherface by the time he's killing her. Yeah. But it just would have been more interesting had he done that to her. Though I do like that her body, the old lady, uh, is found posed yes. later. Uh, which like, is like a, yeah, a nod callback to the to original. The original. Yeah. And it's appeared throughout in different ways in other sequels where like, yeah, arts and crafts with the dead bodies is yes. a big, important component of what they do. So. I also don't care for the fact that he looked too normal in the bits where we saw him. That was also I, like changing what we know. Yeah. And I know in the original movie, we never see him without the mask on. But we see uh, his mouth for yeah. sure. And I yeah. don't know if that's like them saying like, okay, we're not going to make him this handicapped killer anymore. He's yeah. just a man now. I, so I don't know if, if I like it because it's not playing on 
his mental health and that he's a killer who happens to be handicapped. Like, cause I wondered that, but also I'm like, that's not the leather face. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, it, 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 it's uh, the remake the Michael Bay produced remakes uh, series kind of leaned into the whole, like, Oh, he's disfigured. That's where he wears the mask, which I feel like was an idea that people watching the earlier movies kind of insinuated, like why else would you cover your face all the time like that? Unless you're, hiding something but it, it could also be like one could argue maybe it's like michael myers who wears the mask because he feels that's like the real him you know pathologically so and i just like the fact that sally shows up and is like you remember me now and say my name and i'm like yeah you were nothing to him like yeah. the fact that she's so hell-bent on that like that she wouldn't show up after looking for him all the time and just want to kill him like just seems so silly to me when what she knows of him from what we experienced in the original is no conversations with him like she, i feel like she knew exactly what he was back then and i guess over time maybe but like we've already done the whole you know, dealing with the tragedy in your life and coming out the other end with Laurie Strode so much better. So it just, it was just silly, but yeah. I, I mean, it added 10 minutes to the story. So it wasn't a short film. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I saw a letterboxed review that was pretty much just like, it's been 50 years. He moved on. You should too. <laughs> <laughs> and I oh, loved that. That is funny. And I liked the score. The score I thought was great. The dude that did Hereditary. Oh. It's the same composer that did the score to Hereditary. Oh my so God, like, you're so good. I was like, this sounds kind of familiar. Like a lot of weird tones and like found, you know, uh, sounds thrown in there, uh, like weird mechanical and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, it's the guy from Hereditary. This sounds very similar to the Hereditary score. And I do, you know, I like this Leatherface just flat out. Like once he's in action, the Leatherface, the chainsaw, you know. I'm about what I call John Wick Leatherface. I'm fine with that. Like, I but like all loud. of a sudden he's wearing an apron. Like, while that is classic Leatherface, it just yeah. also felt weird. And doesn't she call him Leatherface, which I also thought was weird? Yes. Which, which is like, like, I like him being Leatherface, but I don't think people should call him Leatherface. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone, well, in some of the movies they do, but in the original movie, like, nobody refers to him as. Leatherface, because I feel like that was just a name after the fact the creators gave him to like so we could identify him. Yes. Other than just calling him the killer like or something Pinhead. like that. Yeah, exactly. Like Pinhead. It's totally like that. But uh yeah, no, I'm I, I laughed out loud that scene where I'm like, no, he didn't, where he's punching a hole in the wall because he put the chainsaw <laughs> in the wall, plastered over it, and was like, I'm never gonna need this again. Like fucking John Wick movie where he's like, I gotta get my guns back. I'm, you know, back in action. So <laughs> but like how did this guy get this property? He has directed one film before this, not even a horror film that I know of. Like all of a sudden he gets this property. Like that is so crazy and random. And I'm not saying he did a bad job, but like, what the fuck? How does that happen? Let me tell you uh, from what I know about this movie and it's troubled production uh, was when they originally started shooting. It was a different team of directors. It was like two guys, I think that are a team that off the top of my head, I cannot remember what else they worked on, but they were guys that had done some other stuff. And then the producers saw the dailies, the rushes, uh, and they shot like about what I read was essentially an hour's worth of movie 
is what so they pretty much this. Yeah, pretty much this. <laughs> they shot already. Uh, and the producer said, this is terrible. We're starting over from scratch. Fire wow. those guys. Uh, so whatever happened with the original version was apparently way uh, totally different from this. And then I think this guy was just the quickest guy they could find that they knew. Uh, Cause I do believe he's got some kind of connection to Fede uh, Alvarez. So, and that would make sense for sure. And he was a native Texan. So that that's like not since Toby Hooper, I don't think an actual Texan has directed these movies. So the original directors were Ryan and Andy Tohill. Mm-hmm. who did like looks like you know some like game of thrones work they did a movie called the dig but also very little like they had not done much but they'd worked on game of thrones and like the art department and things like that okay. but yeah so they weren't really anybody either i've never heard of this movie called the dig but it looks kind of cool yeah but yeah i mean this guy did good and i i was just like wow it's just seems so weird like i look him up i'm like you directed one movie before this like that's fucking crazy oh he did apparently or no was it the writer no that was the writer apparently the writer too this is like his first script uh his because he had written something before that was on the, and it's exactly what I talked about, whatever list, like the blacklist, was it? The blood list, I think is the phrase yes. I used. Yeah, he had written something that was on the blood list. So that's how they found him. And we're like, do you want to write our Texas Chainsaw movie? So, um, yeah, I mean, my, speaking of writing too, I feel like they must have, there's had to have been a lot of drafts of this movie or something. Because how else do you end up with like, we're going to make a big deal about the Confederate flag for one scene. And then that just like goes nowhere. Uh, and then again, the school shooting thing seems really r- rushed. Uh, but it, I don't know, but it shouldn't be like, it's totally mishandled and it feels yeah, like I didn't, it just, it felt too much. Like th- th- there's too much happening with two characters who both have s- shared, not a shared trauma, but they both have trauma and their past that affects sort of this current. Ra- I'm like, can we just do one? Like I felt like having her and Sally both dealing with that just seemed like a little much and a little heavy handed. I could have, a hundred percent like even if they would have just alluded to it and not been like let's show you a flashback of her laying on the like on the floor of the school and all that like i could have done without that for sure Mm -hmm. and i had one moment where i was like yes and do you know what moment that was Mm -mm. the end Like the very oh. end. So oh, the not very like that end. It ended and not the post credit scene. But I'll, I mean, already at this point, if you've listened this far, you know everything about this movie. But 100% spoilers here. And that last moment when he grabbed the sister <laughs> and just cut her head off was, I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> like, that was so amazing. I, yeah, no, literally. I, I was sitting in my you know living room watching. Sarah's not going to watch this with me, so I'm sitting in my living room like watching it by myself. And I went, "Yes!" really loud when that happened, like out loud, scared my animals. And the fact that she's like in like a self-driving car, like there's just all these things. that's like Gen X is killing our world. I don't know what the fuck it's trying to say, but like yeah. the fact that she's in a self-driving car and like stands up out of it as it's driving, I'm just like, I don't know what you're saying, but it's hilarious. And I just, yeah, I love it. He cuts the head off and he's just holding it up like, <laughs> fuck you. And I'm like, so, yes, Leatherface, yes. Oh my God. That is so silly. One of the, the scene where Richter, 
the you know the tough redneck guy he comes your in and tries my boyfriend he tries to fight leatherface but when leatherface just breaks his leg backwards with so many broken bones the hammer i did go oh fuck out loud and i'm like this i the violence in this is great this is what i want from a texas chainsaw is gratuitous violence and they delivered Yep, the violence was fantastic. If you don't like that, stay far away from Stay this far movie. away from this. Uh, and people, I saw some people online like complaining about uh, Leatherface's like indestructibility in this. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, we've just accepted Michael Myers can take, you know, all kinds of punishment for years. Like, it's no different than Leatherface. Like, who gives a shit? It's a movie. Uh, the slasher is always supposed to be essentially indestructible. You know, who cares? Yeah, it's total trash, but it was fun trash. Yes, absolutely. Glossy trash. Glossy fun trash. Again, like the internet discourse on this thing. To my friends, I did say, mark my words, this will become a cult classic. I was like, years down the road, because I feel like this thing is going to have a life cycle similar to like, one of the only examples I can think of is like uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween, where like it came out, certain voices, the bulk of voices initially are very much like this thing sucks, I hate it, blah, blah, blah. But there's this like little contingency of people that are really into it uh, that kind of save it and keep it afloat over the years. So I think that's what's going to happen to this is I think the voices that are really into this are going to keep talking about this. And then the really angry people are just going to die away anyway. You know, their voices, are, you know, people are going to move on. It's just because this is so new that they're so agitated. <laughs> and then down the road, people will be like, oh, that one was kind of fun. So it'll it'll change. Now, I feel like you had quite a bit of hesitation based on production and all of that that went down. So I'm just curious, like, were you very pleasantly surprised? I was very pleasantly surprised by this because I went in with. Like, I thought I was going to be like the people on the internet screaming about how terrible this thing is. Uh, and that was my response to Texas Chainsaw 3D. I okay. thought that was a way worse movie. Oh, um, yeah. I only, I only saw it the one time, so I feel like I want to revisit it at some point just to feel okay. like, do I still feel as bad? Because I did that with Next Generation recently. Uh, just like days ago, I rewatched Texas Chainsaw The Next Generation because it's on HBO. And I was like, this is barely watchable. Like, this isn't even fun, bad. This is just batshit insane that they thought that this was a good, like they were making anything resembling a good movie. So yeah, that's way worse, people. Go watch that as a palate cluster and you'll be like, oh man. But yeah, I I didn't rate it as high in my head right after I watch as I'm feeling right now. So let's get to the ratings. Do you want to say yeah, anything else? Me too, because I feel like I'm not rating it as high as us talking about it. The fact <laughs> that you had fun with it, I had fun with it. I feel like I'm now going to be more forgiving in my rating. But no, that's all I got other than uh, people on the internet lighten up. <laughs> well, you can do what you want. Do what you want. I guess, I guess whatever, do what you want. But you know what? Come at me. At me. I'm sure I've said some <laughs> stuff that piss a lot of people that hated this thing off. But uh, oh, and the after credits thing. One more thing. The after credits thing. It gave me the sense that this movie is just preamble for what they want to do next. Mm. Um, because that, you know, that scene is just him returning to the original farmhouse. Yeah. Uh, and I was totally like, yeah, give me a sequel. I will totally watch another movie that's this version of Leatherface, like back at the farmhouse and just pour in the meat for him to chop apart. Like I will watch that movie. So, yep. I would. Anyway, say. out of, uh, out of 
five party buses full of eviscerated humans. How many do you give it? I'm going to give it three party buses. I'm giving it three, too. I just upgraded from two and a half in my head to exactly. a three. Me, too. Well, that gives us a solid scare of approval. This is a scare of approval. Oh, my God. I think <laughs> Which some people, I never imagined. I didn't imagine that either. But I think some people already commenting on our shit are going to be pissed off with us. For... <laughs> but like I, as we were talking, I was just like, oh, my God, so much fun. It is fun. It's just dumb, but it's fun. And that's okay sometimes. And it's people. weird because seriously, the fact that it was short made a huge difference. I don't yeah. want to sit through an hour and 45 minutes of fun trash. I want to sit a... through 75 minutes of trash. Yes. If this was a two hour movie, my God, like my rating would be two, one, you know, what much lower if <laughs> this went on forever, but it was to the point. So yeah, love, love that. All right, well, let's move on to the platform, uh, the which platform. is the description. There is no tagline on Letterboxd, but the description is a mysterious place, an indestructible prison, a deep hole, <laughs> uh, an unknown number of levels, two inmates living on each level, a descending platform containing food for all of them, an inhuman fight for survival, but also an opportunity for solidarity. Ooh, I, that just goes on and on. And I don't like that. Yeah. What sure. did you think of El Hoyo? The platform? I liked this. I uh, loved this, Jeremy. Yeah, this was... I saw online the description of this being social science fiction, and that's totally my jam. Like, I love... I love science fiction, but I really like this kind of stuff that feels like a thought experiment or like something you talk about in like a philosophy class as like a yes. way to discuss morality. Like this is cool uh, and had way more cannibalism than the Texas Chainsaw movie. Seriously, we just, so much <laughs> that we just talked about. So that's kind of a head scratcher there. But what are you going to do? I know you just use the term palate cleanser, but this truly was in so many ways, like lots of the food looked really delicious. And also it was gross from time to time. But I also just thought it was so beautiful. It was like so simple. Like I'm sure, I mean, while the set pieces were pretty cool and maybe could have been expensive, I imagine maybe they also weren't. Like it could have been done fairly simply, but I just, it just impressed me so much. And I, I guess when I heard about it, I was kind of like, nah. I didn't have any desire to watch it, but as it started, I immediately just got so sucked into the world building of it all. Yeah. And then when it sort of starts, when it takes its main twist and starts to do where it, it ultimately ends up going, it really moved me. I cried like twice. Like it just grabbed hold of me. I really cared for the lead character. I really cared for a lot of the characters. I was really just like, pulled sucked into this world and just was and that whole social commentary aspect of it just like really got to me i just found it very moving yeah it's 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 powerful stuff i i saw um and this is another way like i guess every freaking movie has to be divisive on some level like i've seen plenty of lukewarm reviews of this on like letterboxd and when i was researching after watching it of people like i don't like that the commentary was so on the nose and it's like yeah because sometimes it's okay for commentary to be on the nose like they're literally uh imagining for us like wealth disparity like how it really works you know with this food so the people at the bottom get nothing 
And the most fascinating aspect was that everyone who got brought into it seemed to be for different reasons. Like the main guy, he like knew that it was some sort of thing and he was going to get like a degree by doing it. And mm -hmm. other people, it was like a sentence, right? Am I yes. remembering yeah. that correctly? Yeah. And, and then the fact that at least our lead character, we know they asked him, what was your favorite food? So there's something to like, in my mind, every single one of these 600 people or whatever, like have given here's my favorite food and is that so to see if they ever get their favorite food at some point in the process i feel it's just, like yeah like, that's so fascinating to me yeah it, in a way it's like you either get the food or it's a slap in the face because you'll see the remnants or whatever of like he did when he found the escargot the uh the snail mm -hmm. shells of his escargot um which i'm kind of with him i like escargot a lot that's very good very it's fancy yeah, Dish, the only but... time that I've really been around it was when I was in Spain as a kid, which is funny. And I remember my dad always talking about it because there were land snails and sea snails. And mm -hmm. I, like the land snails, he said, tasted like dirt. And the sea snails tasted very good. And I, I just always remember that. So it's just funny that here we are in a Spanish flick. And, and there it is. And there it is. And yeah. I also, it was so one of the few as they called it when I lived in Spain for a summer as a kid. Tacos was the name for bad words, like cuss words. Instead of cuss, it was tacos for whatever reason. They'd say tacos, tacos. And they thought it was hilarious when I would cuss in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And so hijo de puta was son of a bitch. I know we talked about punta versus puta and all that. And yeah. here, just having the subtitles there and the word puta is used often in Sometimes it means bastard. Sometimes it is bitch. It's just like, I'm like, does this one word, like, if, does this one word encompass all those things? Like, it just got me thinking about language and it's just language is so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I think contextually, <laughs> you're supposed to decide what that word means because it can carry various meanings. Like, yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but, you know, English has all kinds of similar things. So. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it really, it moved me more than I thought it would. I didn't know, I knew exactly what the movie was. Mm -hmm. Like, because it's easy to sort of sum up, here's what the world is of this movie. But I yeah. didn't know where, how we were, how the story was going to involve me. And the fact that you sort of follow this lead guy, and you really, like, he's a great guy. He seems very likable. And, like, he has his head on his shoulders well, and just... I don't know. It just, and then the fact that he sort of has these different roommates that he sort of learns different things from the ghostly aspect. I'm like, nah, I could give or take at that. Yeah. I think that's just him going crazy. Like we just talked about with scream. Like that's in his head. That's just his, you know, it's probably psychosis from being malnourished, starting to creep in. Um, so for sure. But it's simple again. I mean, it's an hour and a half or so. It is not terribly long, but, I just loved it. I just, yeah. I mean, it's the, I don't know that I have a whole heck of a lot more to say. <laughs> Me either. Cause it's really just like, this is a big statement movie about the haves and the have nots. Yeah. Um, and you know, and if you're alive today in this world, you've probably get some kind of feels from watching a story like that and are able to connect in some way with it. So, and what can you do to help those less fortunate than you? 
like are you will you be selfish and greedy or will you where you can make those little adjustments that can make someone else's life better and then the the deeper question even if you do do that will it make a difference and will that person pay it forward like it's very complex as simple as it is and i like that it sort of deals with that on all levels like even when they, they talk about the people on the higher levels having also like dying quickly or whatever and i was like well i could understand when you're on those low levels like oh like we're not going to survive a month without food and i'm going to eat this person next to me but like they also talked about like the people at the higher levels i think it's once you've been to the lower levels and mm-hmm. then if you're up high then like you start to act very differently the so guilt, if you've had nothing and then you have everything yeah how will you handle that as well yeah absolutely and it, it, like you're saying too, the idea of the the selfishness because I really connected to the, the the character moments where him and his last cellmate when they decide we're going to ride this thing down and ration it out, make sure everybody gets it, like enforce the right thing on people. Where, where that you know that is a big morality question. Like, do you sacrifice probably yourself to accomplish this greater good mis- mission? Like, what do we owe each other? is the idea of this entire thing. And I think that's, you know, that's the question of all ages. What do we owe each other in a society? Yeah. That's where it first really moved me was that sense of like these two people being like, fuck it. Like we're gonna do our best to make this goal. And then like, and it just like, I don't know what, like nothing emotional had happened, but it just got me. It gave me the feels I, cried a little bit and then they reach that sort of like very wise guy and he really gives it to him and he's like you need to make a stronger statement and just that whole thing just really got to me too and then when they get to the end oh god it's just mm-hmm. it's a well-made flick and i loved it and i think it's beautiful absolutely uh, i was reading too like the simple because it, it's really cool and it's a really developed world but it's also very simple like this sets and all that uh and i was reading that this began life the script was actually a stage play oh that got uh rewritten and adapted into a feature film so that would be fascinating to see this done as a stage play the look too like the look and feel and kind of the message actually about you know societies and uh class struggle and things like that it gave me very strong snowpiercer vibes which if I recall, you've not seen Snowpiercer. So Correct. That really makes me want to uh, visit that at some point in the near future after watching this movie. I really want to revisit that again. Well, the director's next film is called Rich Flu, and it's mm. described as follows a strange disease that kills off billionaires, millionaires, and anyone with some sort of fortune, which sounds... Well. In line looks, with this, yeah, it looks like awesome. he's got he's got a <laughs> certain topic he likes to work with. So here we go. That's right. Which makes me think of Jordan Peele and social horror. And how mm-hmm. does Nope look? It's UFOs, right? I I don't know, dude. The trailer, <laughs> the trailer, that trailer is a trailer you could watch and probably, oh, yeah? yep, yeah, because it. I literally have no fucking clue what that movie's about. Okay, maybe I will. The trailer doesn't give me any inkling. Like, I can't tell. It's like, is it aliens? Is it UFOs? Is it like the weather? Is it something else? Like, I don't know. It, it looks crazy. Okay. But it excited you? I don't know. Okay. Like, it was, <laughs> it was one of those things where I'm like, 
Uh, but I think the marketing may have failed on me a little bit because it gives you so little that I don't even know if I should be excited for this movie kind of thing. So, and is it the summer? Yeah, I think it's the summer. Okay. Anything else to say about the platform? The platform? No, other than I thought it was very good. Uh, thanks to my wife's student who wrote in yeah. and said we should cover it, that we finally 100%. got around to it. So yeah, we did it. Thank you, The Leftovers. I believe that's what I called you. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love this movie. I do too. So out of five Pentacottas. Pentacottas. Uh, I'm going to give this four and a half. I'm going to give it four and a half to you, little bitch. Holy crap. That is a scare of approval. Scare of approval. Double. I went up from in my head. I thought I was going to do just a solid four, but I was like, nah, this needs more after talking about the deepness of this, I feel like. Yeah, yeah I truly yeah. loved it. So it was fun to have a really trashy movie and a movie that connected with me on a deep level. On a deep level, but still had some what is historically trashy content, like just all yeah. the cannibalism. But the we violence. totally thought they were going to connect like in that regard. of cannibalism, Yeah, I thought that was going to make this a cannibalism <laughs> double feature, but it sure did not. So other than, I guess, the uh, violence, because this had some pretty shocking violence. in it. Yeah, some good for, stuff. For, for sure. a social commentary movie, you don't yeah. expect it to go as gory as not super gory, but enough. Yeah. 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 Cool, cool, cool. Well, feel free to write into us. We'd love to hear from you. Scaring and sharing at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs on Insta. Follow us there for great content and giveaways galore. <laughs> let us let, a, let us know what you thought. Uh, come, come at us about our Texas Chainsaw opinions, which I, <laughs> as I see that civil war erupt within the horror community about this damn movie. I mean, of the people I know... Like my friend Alex and my friend Nico, most of them seem to really enjoy it. So, and Nico, I know, was really like after he saw that trailer, he was like, "Oh, fuck this noise!" And he was like, "I thought it was fun." Yeah. So, and I saw a few uh, friends of the pod that we know on Letterbox too gave it very good reviews. So I'm excited okay. if if those people are listening, uh, we'd love for you to write into us and yes, please. Tell us your thoughts. So, man, I was thinking the other day, too. I'm like, I could do a whole just Texas Chainsaw podcast, probably like dedicated to that <laughs> deep diving into that series. So maybe one day, guys, is that something, you know, you want to hear right in? Tell us what do you think? What should we cover? What should we be talking about? Yeah, because you should keep watching a lot of scary movies all the time. All the freaking scary movies and talking about them and writing into us and talking to us about it. Yeah, because scaring is sharing, you guys. Have you, do yeah. you fucking get it? <laughs> do, you, do you fucking get it? This is a podcast, not a charm school. <laughs> and death the Videodrome, long live the new flesh. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we reverse. Scaring is sharing. 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 This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.